the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. But let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. 1 John 3, 23.
Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Just think, Mary, the children of Israel fleeing from Egypt passed through the wilderness too. They probably walked over the same kind of ground, <laughs> stumbled over the same kind of rocks. Their escape from the Pharaoh and our return to Judea are both miracles. Angels appeared to Moses. An angel appeared to us. Where are we going? To Nazareth? Jesus is an heir of David. He is to become king of Israel. So maybe he should grow up in Bethlehem, the hometown of David. Mm, Bethlehem is a small town, Joseph. Do you think you can find work there? Good carpenters can always find work. You are a good carpenter, Joseph. And I'm going to teach Jesus to be a good carpenter, too. Jesus, a, a carpenter? Well, he has a more important role to fulfill. King of Israel. Well, in the meantime, he has to be a child, grow up, learn to work and be useful. Work and responsibility are a blessing, and only the diligent worker can find true joy and happiness. You're right, of course. As his parents, we must teach Jesus to be faithful in all phases of life. We'll need help, Joseph. Divine help. Well, Mary, we've crossed into Judea. A few more days and we'll be in Bethlehem. Home. Oh, there's no place like home. Except when you're worried. You're worried? About what, Mary? Well, well, this may sound silly to you, but I'm fearful for little Jesus' life. But the king is dead. King Herod, yes. But someone is king. Who? If it is one of Herod's sons, he might try to have Jesus killed. Perhaps we'd better stop at the first village and find out who is the present king and all that has happened in Judea since we went to Egypt. Would that make you feel better? Yes, and thank you, Joseph. King Herod dead? Yes, quite some time ago. No loss to anyone, if you ask me. There was a cruel king, if ever there was one. He must have killed more than a dozen of his own family, including wives and grandmothers, and how many more, no one knows. But the cruelest thing he ever did was kill, actually kill, every male baby two years and under in the town of Bethlehem. Who is king now? Well, you look like an Israelite. How is it that you don't know these things about your own land? Why, I've been in Egypt. Ah, oh. well, Herod's son Archelaus rules in Judea. He takes after his father. Already he has slaughtered thousands of Israelites in a tumult at Jerusalem. His extreme cruelty and heavy taxation make him hated even more than Herod was, if that's possible. Thank you. Thank you very kindly. If it's not safe to go to Bethlehem, where will we go, Joseph? I wish I knew, Mary. There is always one answer to every problem. God. I've been praying about it ever since I learned that the cruel Archelaus is king. Then don't worry about it, Joseph. God told us to go to Egypt, and then he told us to come back to Judea. 
so we should cast our perplexity and burden on him. God will take care of us. But first we must do all we can. Then God will take over. That night, as Joseph, Mary, and little Jesus slept, Joseph had a dream. Behold, Joseph, thy prayer has been heard, and I am come to direct thee and thy wife and Jesus the Savior to a place of safety. Return thou to thy former home in Nazareth, for there the Savior will grow safely into manhood. In Nazareth, Mary took up the duties of a wife and mother, establishing a home where love and respect and harmony abounded. Joseph opened a carpenter shop. Weeks and months and years pass. The baby Jesus grew into the boy Jesus. With deep interest, the mother of Jesus watched the unfolding of his powers and endeavored, prayerfully, to strengthen the impress of perfection upon his character. With earnestness, she sought to encourage that bright, receptive mind by teaching him the scriptures. In the beginning, God created the earth and all that in it is. For six days he spoke, and it took place. Then on the seventh day he rested. First Adam was created, then Eve. They were happy in the beautiful Garden of Eden when the serpent. Then it was that the Creator promised that he would send a Redeemer to save the world from sin that Adam had brought into the world. enough now, Jesus, to understand a little of what I mean when I say that finally the people became so wicked that God had to destroy them. He raised up Noah, who preached a coming flood and a way of salvation from that flood. But the people rejected his message, and only eight people were saved in the ark. You are almost twelve years old now, Jesus. And I suppose you understand Holy Scripture and nature as well as most grown-ups or better. And I think you understand that you are the fulfillment of prophecy concerning the coming Messiah and the responsibility to God and man that is yours. I think everyone is born into this world with a mission that only He can fulfill. Whatever my mission is, I shall do my best with the help of Heaven to fulfill it. Each of us has a special mission, I agree. But Jesus, don't forget that everyone is born to be a blessing to others and to the world. His cheerfulness and tact, his patience and faithfulness in all things brought upon Jesus the jealousy of his brothers. But Father, why do you make Jesus do that? I did it yesterday. Jesus does more than his share of the work. <laughs> Where is he now? I'll tell you. He's off somewhere in the woods of the hillsides or down by the creek. Doing what? He says he's studying nature and the wonders of God's handiwork. But actually, he goes off like that to get out of work. Son, be careful what you say. You know very well that Jesus does much more than his share of the work without a single complaint. Oh, he thinks he can do anything thinks he's better than the rest of us. Son, stop that this instant. 
Jesus is a strong, healthy, faithful, good child, kind to you as he is to everyone. If you talk about him once again or complain, I shall have to punish you. Yes, sir. The wickedness of the inhabitants of Nazareth and the low estimate in which they were generally held is shown by Nathaniel's question, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yet among all this evil and wickedness, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and increased in favor with God and man. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. So, Jesus died on the cross for us. But then what? Are you sure you're ready for the answer? That's the part about the earthquake and the angel. And the grave clothes with no body in them? No body? Get it? There was no body. No body? But how did Jesus get out of the tomb? Well, the answer's in Matthew 28. Will you read it for us? In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. I wish I could have seen that with my very own eyes. After all that, you'll think that everybody would understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the only person who never, ever sinned, 
That's because Jesus is more than just a man. Jesus is the Son of God who came to be the Savior of the world. Yes, but a lot of people don't know that. I think we'd better start telling people. Wow, that reminds me of the trickle-down theory. God loved us and sent his son. We accept him and tell our neighbors who tell their neighbors who tell their neighbors. Who tell their neighbors who tell their neighbors. Hello? Testing. Testing. Yes, it's working. <clears throat> Dear Diary, this is Kim. My teacher in health class told us to keep a record of what we're doing to stay healthy each day this week. I'm using this voice recorder so I don't have to write everything down, which is a good thing because I can't read my own writing. Dad says I should be a doctor. I'm 12 years old and I'm supposed to tell you what I did today to stay healthy. Well, first of all, I ate breakfast. A lot of kids my age don't eat breakfast. They drink something sweet or wolf down a donut on the way to the bus. That's totally not healthy. In just a few hours, they're so hungry they can't think straight, or they go to sleep at their desks because they don't have any energy. All that sugar makes them feel good for about 30 minutes. Then they get depressed because their bodies don't have any fuel left. That's what our health teacher calls food. Fuel. I ate a big bowl of whole grain cereal with some peaches, honey, and soy milk on top. Then I grabbed a handful of mixed nuts and finished with a sliced apple. It was delicious. That breakfast kept me going strong until lunch. I didn't get sleepy or hungry, which is a good thing because we had a history test this morning and I needed at least a B. Mr. Jensen said I got a B plus. Whew. So what did I learn about health today? Eat a good breakfast. It can keep you awake and maybe help your grades. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. 
I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 9, Treasure Found Chris knelt down and started to reach his hand into the opening. Wait, Chris, Marie exclaimed. There might be a snake or spider in there. Looking around, she picked up a stick of driftwood. Here, use this to poke around in there before you stick your hand in. Chris grabbed the stick and stuck it into the opening. He heard a thunking sound as the stick hit a metal object inside. You hear that? he exclaimed. I think we've found Charles Perkins's treasure. Carefully, he used the stick to bring the object to the front of the opening. Then he reached in and brought it out. It was a small tin container about the size of a large can of peaches. It had a lid and a small wire handle. The outside was a little rusty. Maria jumped up and down excitedly. We found it! We found it! Open it quick! See what's inside! Chris held the can in his hand. Don't you think we should wait? Wait? For what? Maria exclaimed. For John Perkins, Chris answered. You're the one who reminded me that it's his treasure, so shouldn't he open it? Yahoo, Chris! The shout made Chris and Maria both jump in surprise. After looking around wildly for a few seconds, they finally spotted John Perkins waving at them through the lighthouse window above them. John! Chris yelled as he motioned with his hands. Come see what we found! John hurried down the steps of the lighthouse and over to where Chris and Maria were. What did you find? A hermit crab? Nope, Chris said with a big grin. We found this. We think it's your great-grandfather's. John's mouth dropped open in surprise as he took the container from Chris. It looks like an old round lunch pail. How did you find it? Chris and Maria took turns explaining how they found the clues and solved the mystery of the secret treasure. John just shook his head. You two are amazing. I, I don't know what to say. Don't say anything, Maria said. Just open it. John let out a chuckle. I can do that. He took out a pocket knife and began prying off the lid. Chris and Maria held their breath as he dumped the contents out onto the ground. Out tumbled three old coins, a bronze button, several agates, a small piece of painted wood, and something wrapped up in a small piece of soft cloth. John picked it up and began unwrapping it. Inside were several old pieces of paper with words handwritten on them. This looks like a page out of my grandfather's diary, John said. Now I know why it didn't make sense when I read it. Some pages were missing. And here they are. Can you read it? Chris said excitedly. I'll try, John said. That oil cloth protected them, but the words are really faded, and it looks like my great-grandfather didn't have the best handwriting. After a few moments, he began to read. I didn't think I'd ever make another entry in this diary. The sea almost got me. It's only by God's hand that I am still alive. I've gained a new respect for the sea and for my father's advice. I am a changed lad, though no one will know this incredible story until they find these pages that I put in my secret hiding place. Father told me to stay off the beach, but I ignored his advice as usual. A ship had wrecked off the jetty, and I wanted to see what had washed up on the beach. It was stormy, and the wind was really blowing, which made the waves high. Father told me it wasn't safe to be on the beach. I thought I knew better. I didn't. I snuck down to the beach after supper. I saw something floating in the water close to shore. I walked down to get a closer look, and that's when it happened. 
out of nowhere, this giant wave came down on me hard. It knocked me off my feet and swept me out into the cold, dark sea. I tried to swim to shore, but it was no use. The waves were huge. The water was so cold. It made my arms and legs feel like wood. I couldn't breathe. My mouth kept filling with salt water. I knew I was going to die. The last thing I remember was saying a prayer as I drifted farther away from shore. And then I wasn't in water. I was on the sand. Someone was calling my name, but I didn't know who it was. The voice told me to listen to my parents, that by learning to trust them, I would learn to trust God. When I finally opened my eyes, there was no one there. I sat up to see where the voice had gone, but there were no footprints in the sand. I know God saved me from the sea. He talked to me. I will never be the same. When safely placed upon the shore, my life was changed forevermore. Signed, Charles A. Perkins. On the back of one of the pages, Charles Perkins had listed each item that was in the container and explained why he put it there. Wow, exclaimed Maria, that's quite a story. John nodded his head. Yes, it is. What do you think, Chris? You're sure being quiet. Chris frowned. Your great-grandfather sounds a lot like me. Not trusting. Thinking he knew better than adults. Maybe that's why I found this letter. To help me learn. Maybe you did, John said. He leaned down and picked up one of the coins. It says on this coin, In God we trust. I'd like to give this to you and Maria for helping me and as a reminder to trust. Wow, thanks, Maria exclaimed. Wow, thanks, echoed Chris. You are very welcome, said John. He handed the coin to Chris. It's a silver dollar. You ought to be able to buy a couple of candy bars with it. So don't lose it. The story you've heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.